You're listening to teaching from Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. More information about Castle Hills Christian Church is available at chccsa.com. hear a lot about cancel culture these days. There are definitely times when people or systems need to be called out and held accountable. But we can all be a little too quick to be cruel to each other, online and offline. This problem isn't new though. Humans have always struggled to choose love instead of hate. As followers of Jesus, God is challenging us to love people who aren't like us. Love people who are in need, Love the people we envy, and love the people we want to hate. It's time the church learned to love the way God loves. Today I'm with my middle son, Elijah, and many of you have seen him lead worship over the last several months. But I wanted to give an opportunity, Elijah, for you just to share just a little bit about you. I know they see you playing a guitar and singing, but there's more to you than just just singing and playing a guitar. So just give us a little bit more about your life. Sure, Uh, I go to Health Careers High School. Uh, I'm a junior. Um, Some of my interests would be uh, in hobbies. I I love hanging out with people, uh, just having conversations, uh, just relaxing, playing games with people. That's probably one of my favorite things. I also like to, uh, to sing and play instruments. I like to play sports and exercise and um, the most recent thing I've been interested in is I joined my school's academic de- decathlon team, uh, which for those of you who don't know, uh, we call that nerd club. Um, <laughs> it's where you study a certain amount of, of subjects and then take tests on them and compete against other schools. In some ways like Jeopardy, right? Yeah. I mean, if you like Jeopardy, you, you would like this. Elijah, you also like a good chicken sandwich, right? I mean, that's one of your favorite things. Yeah. Chicken sandwich is my favorite food. I've tried a few uh, places in town. Uh, so if, if you know any more uh, chicken sandwich places in town, just hit me up with them. <laughs> the other thing is he likes nachos. He fixes a lot of nachos around the house. And so chicken sandwiches, nachos, those are his love language. And so if you know of any places that have good chicken sandwiches, nachos, uh, I let, let Elijah know. But I didn't just bring Elijah in to share just a few details about his life. Uh, One of my favorite things about Elijah is we get to have a lot of good discussions. Uh, And sometimes it's in the car, sometimes it's when we go on a bike ride or on a walk, or sometimes it's around the house. And and today I've asked him to, to speak about something that we've talked about before and that he's taught me a lot and he's given me kind of a different perspective. And, and over the next month, we're going to talk about council culture. And we're going to talk about what it is uh, as a Christian. How do we live in a culture like this? And, and we're going to talk about how to love people uh, in, in our culture, especially in a culture that often counsels people out. And so let me just begin with how would you define council culture? Right. So I define council culture as a concept that we see in our society of kind of boycotting or, or shutting out different people or groups of people or companies that, uh, that we don't agree with. So uh, you, you see this a lot in our society. It's just that this concept of people who we don't agree with, we might shut them out. Mm. 
And, and we say council culture, and that can mean a lot of things to a lot of people. We, we kind of brought a real simple definition, but just realize it is nuanced. Uh, there's a lot of different aspects uh, to it. Now, that being said, when we say council culture, we're not talking about someone being removed from a platform because they abused their power or they did something wrong. Uh, we're talking especially about because you don't like their viewpoint or something or something that they've done or you don't agree with them. But what are some of the dangers that you see that maybe you've even experienced with council culture? Right. So being in high school, I've seen several examples of people being canceled. Um, our generation tends to, to do this a lot. Um, but that being said, I've, I've seen a lot of the harmful effects of it. Um, probably the most the most uh, one that, that I see is the dangers of it because it, it can remove nuance from your life, right? If, if, you, di if you just uh, shut out everyone that you disagree with, you're only gonna be left with people who believe what you believe. And when, when we uh, structure our life around people, uh, around people who only believe uh, what, what we believe, that turns into an echo chamber where we're not forced to see other people's perspectives and learn new things. Mm. So God created us to be different. Uh, he didn't make us all the same. And so when we shut everyone out, we're not going to hear those differences and be able to learn. Now, we can kind of look at it from a broad scope where we see it happening on social media a whole lot. But it actually also happens in our day-to-day -day life, right? I mean, we, we've, we shut people out, we cancel people, and we've probably been canceled in our life. I think, and maybe this just kind of shows you my age, but I kind of go back to the, maybe one of my first memories of cancel culture is back when Amy Grant was a very popular Christian singer and she was getting a divorce. And, and I remember, and, and again, you may not even know who Amy Grant was. I mean, she's definitely way past the, your prime or pr past the prime that you would know. Uh, but back in my time, she was very popular. And so when she got divorced, I mean, people called to boycott her, not to buy her cassette tapes. You probably, I'm not sure if you even know what a cassette tape is, uh, but uh, she went through this big boycott. I, I remember another time that I was preaching early on in my ministry here, and I mentioned a store, and a person came up to me and said, you can't shop there. We're boycotting that. They don't believe in the things that we believe in. And I soon realized that with this person, I'm not sure where they shopped at because almost every place they were going to support or do things that we may not like. And, and Christians overall have been known for boycotting, for shutting people out that believe in a different way. I know you've probably seen some experiences that way too. Yeah, um, one that I can think of off the top of my head is um, we've seen a lot of uh, kind of well-known pastors or, or Christian um, just well-known people in the Christian uh, atmosphere, we've seen them get canceled or shut out because um, their interpretation of the Bible might be different than, uh, than some of ours. Maybe they, um, they talk about um, things about faith that we're not necessarily comfortable with. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we see that a lot in our culture too. So people cancel you out because of the way that maybe you believe something different in the Bible. We definitely see, especially uh, in this past political season, how people will cancel each other out because, hey, if you don't believe the same that I do about politics, I mean, there's all kinds of different ways that we cancel people out and we shut them out. Um, but actually, this isn't a new concept. I mean, when we look in the Bible, we actually see kind of a council culture. Uh, women were not respected and many times they were trivialized and they were treated harshly. You look at Samaritans, uh, this 
group of people that the Jews did not like whatsoever. And I mean, they, they uh, had different theological beliefs. They, uh, they basically, uh, Jews despised them. They, they would do anything they could not to walk into a Samaritan town or to be around them. Uh, we saw disabled people being shunned and, and being kind of canceled out in the Bible. Uh, today, I want to look at a story in John chapter 4. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, that's one of the Gospels. So turn to the New Testament. John uh, chapter 4. Uh, it's a famous story. Uh, Jesus is traveling and he stops near this Samaritan village. And we're going to see it's the Samaritan village of Sychar. And uh, he goes to get a drink or he's sitting at a well, Jacob's uh, well. If you start at uh, verse 6, it says, Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from a long walk, sat there wearily or tired beside the well about noontime. So just kind of putting back in your mind, it was noon. Uh, and soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. Uh, he was alone at the time because his disciples had gone to the village to buy some food Maybe they went to Chick-fil-A. Maybe they were looking for a good chicken sandwich for Jesus. Who knows? Maybe Jesus likes chicken sandwiches, or maybe they went to Whataburger. Uh, and then it says, in verse 9, it says, The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. So Jesus speaks to this Samaritan woman. She said to Jesus, You're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Again, we see council culture there, like they, we see that kind of tension there. Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift of God that uh, has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me, I would uh, give you living water. And, and then you'll see in this story, they have this discussion about water and, and we're going to, to find out that Jesus reveals uh, some personal things about her, that she's been married five times and you see all of this tension, but I wanna skip down to verse 27, because again, we kinda of see some of that council culture come out. It says, just then his disciples came back and they were shocked to find him talking to a woman, but none, but none of them had the nerve to ask, well, what do you want with her or why are you talking to her? The woman left her jar of water beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone and so she has this encounter with jesus and, and and we we see first of all jesus was talking to a woman women were trivialized back then they were often canceled out they were often treated as property uh, then you see uh that uh that you see that uh this woman that had been married five times and, and elijah you i think we talked about this before but most of the time, people would, or women would go and get the water in the morning. She came at noon. I think that was in the text for a reason, because I think that she was probably canceled out by other people, that she was gossiped about, that, that she was shut out. And so she comes at noon. I think she was surprised that someone else was there, because most people didn't come at noon. And, and on top of that, here's this Jewish man talking to her. And, and then you, you saw that... The disciples were shocked that Jesus was talking to her. But the part of the, part of the story that I love is they, they have this discussion and the Samaritans say, hey, we, 
uh, and she asks Jesus this this controversial question. She she gets into this like, hey, well, the Jews worship in Jerusalem and we worship here, and they have this back and forth, and then where they're talking about living water, and she's like, man, if I didn't have to go to the well, and, and they go back and forth, and and Jesus just has this powerful discussion. But one of the crazy things in this story is that Jesus tells her, this Samaritan woman, that he's the Messiah. That he breaks down all of the barriers. He talks to a woman. He talks to a Samaritan. He talks to a woman that has a, has a laundry list, a, a, a kind of a list that we put in the closet, things that we might be ashamed about. And then on top of that, he says, I'm the Messiah. He reveals that to her. And then she runs, or I mean, she leaves and she goes and says, come and see, I have found this, uh, this person who may be the Messiah. And if you skip down toward the end of the chapter, it says, then they said to this woman, now we believe this is the Samaritan village, not just because of what you told us, but because you've heard, because we've heard him ourselves. Now we, now we know indeed he is the savior of the world. And so Jesus breaks down all these barriers. He talks to the Samaritan woman in this little village in Samaria gets to know about the Savior of the world. And that's the impact of us breaking down the barriers and loving and talking and showing compassion to others. And as, as Christians, we're taught to actually lean into people instead of leaning out. When someone disagrees with us, so often some, we put up walls and, and we feel like we need to tell them why they're wrong. But we see Jesus often leaning in and talking to people. And some of you this morning, maybe you're like the Samaritan woman. You feel counseled out. You feel like no one's listening to you. And I want you to know that Jesus is there and he loves you and he cares about you. And he's willing to meet you and, and encourage you and show you love and compassion. If you don't know him as your Lord, I would encourage you to confess your faith in him, to, to have that relationship. I would love to talk to you. Elijah would talk, love to talk to you about what it means to have a relationship. And one of the things that, that I love about this story is here this woman came to thinking that she was getting water, this, this easy, or not an easy task, but this daily task that she would have. And she gets into the presence of the Lord. And this month, we're going to encourage you to experience God's presence. We're going through a spiritual discipline every month. And last week, last month, we challenged you to fast. And, and this month, we're encouraging you to be in God's presence. Uh, there was a man named Nicholas Herman, better known as Brother Lawrence. And he uh, lived in a monastery in Paris. And he lacked education. Uh, he was a, just a simple kitchen worker. Uh, and, and most people didn't think a whole lot about him. But he became known because he just experienced the presence of God. I mean, the way that he talked to people, the way he showed compassion. I mean, he was washing dishes in such a way that other people wanted to come and talk to him. People outside the monastery. He never became a priest, but he experienced the presence of the God or presence of the Lord. In fact, he later ended up writing a, a profound book. It's a little book. I think it's like a hundred pages and it's called The Practice of the Presence of God. And this has made even a greater impact on people. And you, you might be thinking, well, why this spiritual discipline in this series? I, I believe the more that we're aware of God's presence in our life, the more that we start seeing and, and loving people. 
Like when we began to, to realize that, that Jesus meets us where we're at, he meets us even when we have some messiness in our life that we too can love. I want to just give you three quick next steps. Uh, these are challenges for you to think about during the week. Instead of unfriending someone that you disagree with, uh, let their posts in your, in your feed remind them, uh, remind you to pray for them. And when you pray for them, don't just pray that God changes their mind. That's sometimes a temptation for us. But ask God that you would help uh, you see them in a whole new light, to help you love them. Ask God to counsel your anger and, and that you can build a greater relationship with them. My second next step is, who's your woman at the well? Have a conversation with someone that may be drastically different than you are. And instead of feeling like you need to do all the talking, spend more time listening and learning. Elijah, that's one of the things that I love to do is to, is to learn what, from someone who has different views. And I know that you love to do the same thing. My third next step is look for God in your simple tasks this week. Washing dishes or while doing the laundry or taking the garbage out. See, Jesus sometimes shows up in the simplest of places. Sometimes it's at a well. And look for him and see and feel God's presence. 